Hello, welcome to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. My name is Matteo, and I am joined by Greg over in Boston. Greg, will you say hello? I will say hello. Hel- hello. 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 We are podcasting. We are podcasting as, as, as two straightforward, straight shooting, clear talking gentlemen who like to sit back and kick it and talk about bikes. So you sit back, you're in for some heady conversation about bikes, you're in for a little bit of yammering, a little bit of crosstalk, a little bit of analysis, a little bit of bike racing, a little bit of history. Sounds groovy. Maybe, maybe let's get going. Let's get going. Bradley Wiggins said that it was a game changer, although he said it somewhat sardonically, extremely sardonically. <laughs> That he would be riding for uh, for Perry Roubaix, and that his team Sky would be riding for a couple other cobbled races. Uh, a Pinarello road bike that basically had rear suspension. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are so many different ways that this what could be construed. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna to need to have a picture of this thing or a link so people know? We'll 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 throw up a picture for yeah. you listeners. Head over to standarddouble.com slash whbp. Yes, and we'll we'll show you a picture. But you know, I mean, one of, one of the things about this is that this pretty much exact same system with maybe some minor minor differences has been done like every ten years. Somebody does this. So yeah, something like that. Something for the past like two decades, so three times before, separated each time by about 10, 10 years. Though um, before, the the kind of earliest um, example that I can think of, you know, in the early mid-90s, it was front suspension. But, yeah, and, but Le Mans had, had a bike that also had a, an elastomer um, in the rear that let the rear wheel have, you know, a little, a little bit of travel. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the idea here is that, you know, the, the chain stays are going to flex up and down. Right. And then the seat stays have, you know, an, an elastomer, something spongy or springy that that accommodates this this little bit of up and down movement. Right. So I don't but know. But yeah, he there's hmm. pretty sure pretty sure it was Lamond uh, would need to do some some thinking and digging to find this picture. But yeah, that was that was done. And then. George Hincapie had a trek with basically the same system, except, you know, the whole bike was made out of carbon, except for the fork, which was made out of a crappy commuter bicycle that broke on him. <laughs> no, I thought that was a regular carbon fork that broke on him. It was a, a Bontrager satellite fork. Duh. No good. No good. Mm-hmm. So so anyway, I mean, basically, this, this suspension thing keeps popping up in, in the cobbled races and it pops up and it kind of goes away again and it pops up and it goes away again um and i don't i think that's in, in there was the experiment in the early 90s like 94 93 or something like that where, it, where they were front suspension forks but mostly you know especially with this thing with lamont's bike um assuming that was what it was uh it's been rear suspension so this mm-hmm. is not actually all that new and it's worth pointing out because there's been so, I guess um, we should note, there has been some consternation as a result of the publishing of this Pinarello uh, photo. And, and there's that, always there's always consternation. Yes. There's you're 
the consternation you will always have with you. Yes. And, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of consternation to go around these days in road bicycle technological development, what with electronic shifting and, and disc brakes. Disc brakes are like the new arguing chain loop on the internet. <laughs> chain loop or whether or not to grease your bottom bracket. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now disc brakes are, are kind of in that same uh, category of the battle lines will be drawn. There will be blood. Uh, it's going to be, you know, names will be called. Tears will be shed. <laughs> feelings, feelings are going to run pretty high. Uh, and add to this mix we have like this rear suspension thing that's happening uh i think this is really funny i I was actually quite amused by the consternation um around this there's a couple different reasons uh one of them of course is that i I think i'm on record uh in a piece i've actually written saying hey if the rules allow it we should experiment with it why not though i think i was talking about cyclocross wasn't i yeah yeah um, but I, I actually do think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I, it makes perfect sense. Like that back wheel kind of, you know, if, if, uh, tires really suck for suspension, you know, um, they really suck that you can't independently control rebound and damping. It's no good. Not to mention protection against like pinch flats and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't put power down if your wheels bouncing around all over the place. And, you know, if you have raced at all and you've gone through kind of a, a bouncy corner with and and you feel your rear wheel skipping around, like that's not doing you much good, you know, and you get used to that happening because it happens all the time. But what if that, what if that rear wheel didn't skip around as much, you know? So, well, <laughs> so, okay. So that's, that's a perfect point, you know, uh, and obviously Sky and Pinarello, you know, try to, try to make a, a particular splash with this bike. And, uh, I think they it, fell flat on their faces a little bit oh, in the court of Twitter. Yeah, opinion. It's, Cause it's a little bit too much and a little bit too ugly for a lot of people to consider interesting um or beautiful and that that matters for bikes yeah um and because and because suspension for road bikes has a a dubious history but something that that has been well dubious history and and people are very suspicious that it could do that it could be any good but yeah sorry go on yeah oh yeah absolutely but the the trek domane yes has um something sort of like rear suspension and it's like a like a pivot point that that separates the seat tube and the top tube juncture um and so you could if you're holding one of these go to a bike shop try it out if you've got the if if you give a crap Um, (laughs) and you can you know you, you can lean on the saddle and see the whole system flex and if you hop on one and you ride it over some rough stuff like yeah you can feel the rear wheel um uh, accommodating underneath you yeah. and it's really cool and it actually it works really well it it feels really good it also just feels like an ordinary bike and um Fabian Cancellara seems to love his you know I'm sure he's been given several yeah so you know grain, grain of salt if you feel like it but like it's it's a it's a cool system that yeah. had much less of a splash in terms of like oh this is revolutionary mm-hmm. oh this is rear suspension um, oh, this is something like new or different or weird. It it was like, oh, okay, like this is a thing that was done. Let's see how we're, whatever. Yeah, this and is, it. Sorry, and it and it and it's just it's like there it is, and some people love it. Yeah, 
Yeah, so the thing that I'm sorry that I that I keep like excitedly interjecting with, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> is go that for this it. This is, you know, that's the second reason that, that the consternation caused me much um, amusement, right? Which is that, um, you know, you say that the Tractomani has this uh, suspension-like uh, or sort of suspension system in the you know in the back. It, it, there's no sort of about it. It is a rear suspension system. It is a low travel rear suspension um, yeah. system. It's just not. It's just not like something with a spring. It, right. Exactly. I mean, I think I believe that they are elastomers, and you know, but it, it's all about how it's sold. And Trek and Trek has been very careful never to call it a rear suspension system ever, <laughs> ever, ever. They call it. And I love this part. It's a decoupler. A decoupler. Which is a suspension system. This is something that separates something else. <laughs> it's It allows things to move independently, which is how suspension works. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And, and you know, and I, I think that's what Pinarello came up against. And it's really, it's funny. I don't know. Uh, so, so people have not been nearly as up in arms about that because they think of it as kind of a comfort uh sort of thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean the the irony being is that suspension isn't about comfort it's about keeping your wheels on the ground right exactly and you can't yes that like that it lets you it makes you bounce less but it also means (laughs) that like you can you can if you're pushing on the pedals then the pedals turning the wheel and the wheel since it's on the ground is moving your bike forward right right yeah so (laughs) So it's all very interesting and very amusing, and and this keeps happening. And actually, the system that Pinarello has is is all but identical to something Boots has had for a while, um, which they call the YBB, and I don't remember what mm-hmm. it stands for because I don't care. But <laughs> what the YBB stands for, um, but it's the same idea where they have a soft tail kind of thing where uh, there's no pivot point per se. Um, but the chain stays flex, and there's a little, a little tiny, you know, spring or shock kind of unit uh, where the seat stays meet the seat tube. Um, but these all do the same thing, and you know, there are some people who are beginning to say like, "Oh yeah, road suspension is going to be the next thing after road discs." I don't know. You know, we'll see. I think it's possible. <laughs> it's. I I think you know you you made a really good point that Trek was super careful not to call their their decoupler oh yeah suspension system because it's the idea I mean, well people the thing people think about when when it comes to suspension is well this is going to rob my power you know that right. it's going to because we've been hearing all this time about how our bikes need to be stiff 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 mm-hmm. um, and suspension is the opposite of that right it's floppy it moves around and if you've ever tried to sprint on a mountain bike with the, you know, suspension fork, uh, it does kind of bounce around and uh, maybe that is sapping some energy. I don't really know, but I assume so. It doesn't feel efficient. That's for sure. Um, but then there's, you know, the, the other component of that, which is, yeah, if it keeps your wheels in contact with the ground and if you don't get lots of wasted motion, like when you're out of the saddle, and from what I can tell about how these designs work, you probably wouldn't um, when you're out of the saddle. They're not going to be bouncing all over the place, and it probably shouldn't slow you down at all. Um, but who? I don't know. I don't know. It might not be It might not be something that people are ever going to be interested in, which is why Trek doesn't call it a rear suspension system, which, but, <laughs> which is also what makes it so interesting that they have it at all. I don't know. That's what that's kind of the sticky point for me is that Trek is like we're not calling it a rear suspension system because people don't want to buy that and and yet they've had the 
cojones to actually for several <laughs> years now be selling a suspension road bike design. I'm like, when are they going to like admit it? The the other thing is the 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 funky ways in which bike companies um, make products geared toward customers' ignorance. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how many times have you seen uh, these bikes that are like like awful hybrids with these adjustable stems and triples and eight speeds and like cantilever brakes and immediately like everything on it isn't going to work. <laughs> But it's, you know, the idea is that someone who's like, oh, I just want to like go to the park with my kids, you know, they they would buy that because it thinks it gives them like lots of options and lots of gears because they're not really a cyclist and they, you know, it needs to be easy when something like so much simpler would be so much better for them. Sure. Right. But, but, you know, bike companies know that someone who doesn't know a lot is going to go into a store and think like, oh, I want the one with the most gears. Oh, I can like move the stem in any direction. And that, that sounds like it would be really comfortable. I can get the stem way up high. And that's for me. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, that's fine. You know, yeah. So, you know, there's there's that. And then, you know, for, for so long, we've also been told that fast bikes look a certain way and have wheels and tires that, that look a certain way. And that's been changing what with wide rims, but also like, you know, cushier tires are fast because you don't. Every time you hit a small indentation in the road, it doesn't it doesn't bounce you upward and turn your forward momentum into upward momentum. Is there a thunderstorm going? I just I just I just had a wicked thunder crack. We got a storm going on. Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> you heard that? Yes. <laughs> I jumped. I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Let's try and bring it back. Something, something. But bike bikes, bikes, uh, you know, yeah. it's been changing how bikes, you know, fast bikes look, but people are still kind of unprepared for it. You know, in, in also. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, I, I don't think bike companies are going to be like, yeah, like have 25 millimeter tires and ride them at 80 PSI because that's going to be faster. I mean, yes, they're, they're releasing the, these data, but they, you know, they're always going to sell things based on like the, the idea of speed you know what's going to sell is what customers think is fast or looks fast or kind of harkens to the idea of fast sure well which is actually kind of funny because uh you know not to go i i, I always say we're not going to do certain things whatever point point we being, do it that, that's funny because you know on the other hand you have the uh people ascribing the magical powers of of marketing like it's mind control to these companies and the disc brakes are you know going everywhere uh you know because the manufacturers are pushing it super hard and brainwashing people into thinking they need them uh whereas you know you're kind of talking about the opposite thing almost where people kind of have an idea of what their bike is going to be like and they want a bike that's like that yeah so yeah I, mm. I don't know exactly where we're going with this, but here's here's where I think we're going. Is like I'm probably not gonna buy a Pinarello, whatever it's called, with the rear suspension. <laughs> I'm probably not gonna buy a Pinarello, but anyway. Yeah, but I but I will say that like, I, you know, I'm gonna put 25s and 28s on my road bike, and that's tire sizes mm-hmm. in millimeters, and uh. I wouldn't mind a Trek Domane at some point because my experience with it is pretty positive. Yeah. And, and like, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna scoff I'm not gonna laugh this stuff out of the room and I'm also not gonna think that you know for the entirety of like my my bicycle riding I'm gonna want a slammed stem and 25 millimeter tires pumped up to 115 psi. I really hope that you're not riding those tires at 115 psi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to. Yeah, I mean that's exactly you know there's got to be some kind of balance like you know be. Be open-minded, uh, and on the other hand, as we've as we've said many times before, don't think that bicycle technology X is going to be the one thing that magically transforms your every ride into something amazing. Yeah, because you know that's kind of about you. Yeah, but doesn't change comes from within. Work. Change comes with yes. Okay, we should uh, wrap that one up. Let's kill it. Let's put it to bed. Let's put it to bed. It is. It is. I declare it bedded. <laughs> Great. Hey, so Greg, uh, you're in the process of moving. That's that's true. I'm. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, <laughs> no, it that's uh, that came out wrong. <laughs> I I have moved so much uh, in life. Yeah. And I am just like way too acquainted with packing up and putting all my stuff fact, into a different just, building. You just finished a move, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Heidi and I moved across town a little bit into a mansion, but just like one <laughs> uh, one. I, I'm serious, but it's just one apartment of several in a mansion. Oh, it's a form a mansion that's been subdivided. <laughs> so you live yeah, in one so twentieth of a mansion, and it's actually in a neighborhood called the Mansion District, uh. which. Sounds a little bit more gilded than it actually is. Oh, but I, yeah. I think it's I think it's funny because it's not exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Except um, in the case of this new place that you live in, which is literally a mansion. Literally, <laughs> and um, or just a manse. Oh, okay. Even yes. <laughs> but uh, the reason I bring up your move is that you meant you just casually uh, tweeted a picture of you in a big empty basement and <laughs> and you're i just figure you're like oh here's a picture of me in my basement i and you had no idea that it was just gonna fill me with like raging jealousy <laughs> and i was like oh, i could we could, oh if that was my basement there would be a workbench and the bicycles would be so nicely organized and there would be a rack of wheels hanging from the ceiling <laughs> It's, yeah, it'd be like uh, organiz- organizational porn. Oh my god! And <laughs> and like you know, bicycle service course type porn, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's what. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's what many of us aspire to uh, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, actually, when so so yeah, we we actually bought this house, which I still can't freaking believe. Um, mm-hmm. But we we bought a house, and uh, we're getting ready to move. We haven't moved yet, but we're getting there. We're getting close. Uh, and one of the things, one of the reasons we ended up, um, I don't want to. Well, to make a, a long story short, uh, we originally thought we were going to get like a, a, you know, a condo or something. But we realized that for if we were a little further out of town, I mean, we're still in the city of Boston, but we're a little further out than we initially thought. Um, 
we could get for the same cost as a condo we could get a house with a basement (laughs) (laughs) and i gotta tell you that was a major factor uh in the decision so i am probably at least as excited about my new basement as you are (laughs) it's I I've I've lived in New York City mm. where this is one of the the places in the world where space is kind of at a premium and I suppose you know it's fortunate that this was during a time in my life when I had fewer bicycles <laughs> yeah but one gets all too accustomed to like okay there are like two or three bikes kind of piled on top of each other in the kitchen mm. and there's like one behind the couch and then there's one sort of by the door in in the living room right and it's that's all well and good it's it's fine you know you like bikes they're a part of your life there's not a lot of space blah 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 blah. but it's so nice uh to live in in a place where there's a little bit more space and when you can like have a room just for bicycles and and you don't have to you don't have to trip over them when you're coming out of the shower you don't have to trip on trip on them when you're coming out of the shower they aren't uh (laughs) they aren't they aren't sitting in your living space claiming to be decorative Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't you don't have to wash them in the bathroom you can you can have a whole room full of greasy rags and it's not there's no threat that they will get upon your nice thing yeah so (laughs) Boy, is that a big deal for me. Yeah, so just to, like you, of course, I've moved a lot, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, And I actually, around the time that we started uh, thinking that, oh, we maybe can actually go, like, buy ourselves a home uh, in which to live and not move, excuse me, in which to live and not move for a while, (laughs) <laughs> I kind of sat back and I did the math and I said, hmm, in the last like 10 years, uh, you know, from from essentially when I went to college for the first time, I haven't lived uh, in any one place for as long as two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in fact, that, you know, the two longest tenancies I had were uh, one of them was probably 21, 22 months and the other one was 19 months. And otherwise, it's been. It, and at one point, I lived a place for like maybe nine months. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was terrible. Uh, I, I I can actually beat that with having in in like a day over twelve months, having lived in four. Uh, no, five five different apartments. Okay, that's Hold on. That's let me crazy. One, two, three, four, five. Well, that partially includes a semi cross country move but yeah it is crazy i mean we we were, we were living in brooklyn uh and then we were moving to western mass for part of the year oh, that's right but but we had to get a sublet to uh in in brooklyn to span um one month <laughs> and then western mass and then we came back to brooklyn for three months before moving to minneapolis and it was just like i can't believe yeah yeah that we did that oh yeah well and you know i can't even come close to that i mean i you know my 12 month record is three places uh and like mm-hmm. you it's involved there's been a couple cross country well i guess not cross country 
cross country. Enough. But, but long distance uh, moves Certainly. in there, right? I, I moved down to Nashville and then moved from Nashville back up to Boston. And, and, you know, to come back to the number of bikes thing, I boy, did I move into a small Boston apartment in Boston at the wrong time in my bicycle owning life. <laughs> Because I didn't have that many when I left. And then in Nashville, um, as as uh, listeners may be aware, uh, <laughs> living space is cheaper. Quite a lot cheaper. Uh, in fact, I had uh, for a while, one of my 19-month tenancy actually, uh, <laughs> I had all to myself a, I want to say, gosh, 800 or so square foot two-bedroom apartment for <laughs> like 700 something dollars a month <laughs> yeah you know which which was cheap um even for national well, not like ridiculously so and you know now uh we're getting ready to move out of a 600 square foot <laughs> apartment mm-hmm. in uh boston with which is and i say 600 that's being generous it's probably less uh the cost considerably more per month yeah. Than that. So, you know, it was always kind of a, an issue to some extent having to deal with where to put bikes, but it really became a problem here. And, and, and it is actually the way that we've had it for quite a while is my bikes actually uh, live in the living room mm-hmm. on a rack on the wall. And it's not, it really kind of dominates the space a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's tough. So I'm really excited and and i've never had a dedicated workspace before and i think that's you know that's essentially the dream that we're all working toward right is is yeah dealing with and i think we've talked about this a little bit which is that it seems that so many so much of i don't know um bike stuff on the internet for like what to do with your bike or how to clean your bike or or any of that stuff is directed at you know the cyclists who are um middle-class dads who live in houses in the suburbs with garages yeah just just take it outside right put it, you know leave a work stand outside and put your put your bike up in it and you know you've got your bucket over in the corner and you know yeah. a hose yeah I mean, how many people who live in actual cities do you know that have hoses oh right no exactly yeah duck in and out of your house just oh if you forgot something in your house just leave your bike on the stand in the driveway it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, you know when i when i lived in brooklyn I, I used to clean my bike by taking like i would put water bottles yep. full water yep. bottles in a backpack with rags and i would take it out to the front stoop yep definitely done that yeah it's like yeah. I, I don't have a front yard i have a busy sidewalk on a major yeah. thoroughfare <laughs> in a real city <laughs> in the real city and i but i you know and i have done that where i i take a couple of water bottles with warm water and I take the bike out uh, and kind of prop it up and I squirt water on it. And if I don't have enough water to do the cleaning I need to do, then I need to like take the, you know, all my my stuff and bring it back into the basement of the building uh, and refill my water bottles from the utility sink that puts out this milky colored hot water that I'm putting in the bottles that I'm going to drink out of. And I need to go outside and do it all over again. Uh, so it's quite a it's quite a step up to like have a dedicated space, you know. But but even when I've lived in in bigger apartments, it's like you know, you don't really. It, it's very it's very difficult when you don't own a place too to be like, well, you know, I can just like spill 
grease all over the carpet or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's harder to justify. But, you know, even then, it's like, well, you know, this is kind of a spare room slash office slash bike chamber. You know, if you happen to have a dedicated room, maybe it isn't just strictly dedicated. So, yeah, I don't know. Where have you done, like, have you done the bathroom cleaning thing? Because I've done that, too, and it totally sucks. Cause you yeah, get... I've done it. I, I've done it where, like, you know, you just you you bring the bike into the tub and you you run the shower and yeah. you're kind of in there and you're like, all right, like I'm wearing this underwear, but it's gonna get wet. Yeah, I'm basically like showering with the bike. Yeah. Um, and then I need to like put put stuff down on the floor because I'm gonna splash all over the place. And there's dirty bike water all over your tub. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You need to clean the tub afterward. Yeah. And so it's you know, I've done awkward. I've done that and I've done like the stoop thing. Um, and when we moved out to Minneapolis, that was, that was pretty nice. Cause I had just like a little bit more outdoor space and, yeah. oh, I can ask the landlord for that, that like funny key interface. So I can, I can use the hose. Yeah. I could go get a bucket and a brush and <laughs> have my own soapy water. Yeah. Um, for a while, for a couple of years, I was working at a bike shop part time to, to fill in some stuff. And so I could just. I could just ride a bike to work and then bring it down to the bike wash station and do that. And that was nice. Um, and you know, it's just, there's always, there's always kind of a mixture of, especially renting. There's a mixture of, of making do and, and building. Sure. Cause when you're renting, you rent, when you're renting, you know, you might have the incentive to make your space nice, but you temporary nice. Mm. Yeah, it's um, always temporary. So it's always, I mean, everything's temporary, but <laughs> yes, something's <that's> true. <laughs> something's something's last a little bit longer than others. <laughs> this is just your just your daily reminder that we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> this happens to me when I've had, well, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, <Burn> right, right. <laughs> so at our last place, we had a we had a we had a bunch of space. We had a a fenced in yard and a shed mm-hmm. connected to the garage and a basement that I could train in that we could train in. Heidi also races bikes. Right. And this and this is some of the difficult because the the difficulty because Heidi and I both race road track and cyclocross <laughs> and we commute. And so that's a lot That's like four bikes each. <laughs> that's a lot of bikes. And so, you know, we would be looking for apartments and of course it's always like, you know, we're, we're you look around the room in a funny place and the apartment person is like, oh, so what is it you're looking for? And we're like, so do you have like a secure storage space in the basement? Do you have a basement? Do you have a secure? We need some room for, is there a bike room? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a bike room. There's, you know, there's room. You could put your bike down there. Okay. We have a, like a, we have several <laughs> bicycles. How many do you have? Eight-ish. T- ten. <laughs> yeah, most people aren't really prepared for that. <laughs> I know, and we would need to qualify it. Like, you see, we're both we're we both <sighs> Yeah. And then you realize that you've just like you've lost the person. They glaze over a little bit, they don't know what's going on. So yeah. They also yeah, and they they probably don't care. Uh- <laughs> and we like we have we have sealed the deal on apartments based on Oh my gosh, did you see that storage unit? <laughs> That's a great basement bike room. 
Yeah, this is absolutely the worst thing about the place that we're moving out of, actually. You know, because there's a basement, but it's this big shared space, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I can keep the bikes I'm not really doing anything with or that aren't super valuable or, you know, like my commuter bike down there, you know, Jill's commuter bike is down there. uh, But, you know, I'm not keeping my my road bike down there, not keeping my cross bike down there. So, you know, and and then, of course, uh, we got... uh, Jill road bike and you know we're not leaving that down there so all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like we've got this living room and it's got three bikes in it hanging up on the wall so yeah it's just a tough thing to manage and uh you know maybe it'd be easier if <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have so many bikes i don't know but i i don't know i feel like i'm doing okay i've only got three <laughs> so. yeah that's a reasonable number yeah. it, it's it's one of those reminders that like bike enthusiasm you know is gonna is gonna butt heads with class in certain ways it totally yeah it totally can and and when you're living in a city especially coastal cities with real estate situations it's it's hard to have the space that you want and you need and you you wind up making some decisions about your life because of it and so yeah and 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 so when you like when you you get the opportunity to get your hands on this like basement space that you can just you can just build your workbench and you know you know you can just buy like fluorescent light units and you can just like drill it into the top of your workbench yep. and, uh, there are I'm many gonna things blow, i can gonna... drill into the top of a workbench there there's Greg, a workbench I'm, down there but it's not very good i'm i'm gonna blow your mind <laughs> you can you can you can like build a sort of three-walled shower stall <laughs> and and just like put up tarp and you can you can just run a hose from a hot water line into this bike wash station, which is right over there by the drain in the floor. Oh, my basement doesn't have a drain in the floor. It's like the what? one. It's like the That's one. crazy talk. Uh, you know, you can't have everything. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> well, then this whole conversation is ruined. <laughs> you were really, you were picturing, wow, you were really attached to the bike wash stall. Let me let me explain something to you though. Like I do have, you know, I do have a front and back spigot for a garden hose. <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> I love it. I'm coming. I'm coming over and I'm growing tomatoes and whatever, <laughs> whichever front or back faces south. Oh, please, please do, please do. We're we're definitely going to. So yeah, you nice. know, it, it is kind of weird. And the opportunity arose that we could do this, and and you know, so. Yeah, my sweetie doesn't race bikes. She's not nearly as into it as I am, uh, and and that is just fine. Um, you know, and it does <laughs> and that make is just it just fine. <laughs> no, it really is. It really is fine. I don't mean like <laughs> I'm not saying that through gritted teeth. <laughs> uh, no, she's she's doing her running thing. It's great. Um, cool. Well, I mean, you know, if you like running anyway, but uh, and I lost my train of thought. Well, the point is that it makes it a little easier to deal with the uh, bicycle volume issue, and yet it is still an issue because she still has two bicycles, um, which, as it turns out, uh, most most normal people do not have two bicycles. <laughs> mm-hmm, this is the truth, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that I've only got one more than her, so, so it does become a problem, and, and we both have, we also have other things. Uh so for the two of us, you know, we see this house and we come away like you'd be like, oh, that basement. 
you know, it was full of junk at the time, but it was still like, oh my God, there's a basement yeah. and it's the size of the entire footprint of this house. We, we could clear out the junk and we can just buy a Roomba and just let it loose down here. And in a year or two, you know, before the Roomba passes out, it'll just like clean up some of the grime. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Either that or it'll go feral or whatever. Yeah, well... But yeah, and, and, and I was thinking very much the things you were about. For the first time, I can have my own little service course. I can, I can, uh, I can have a bench vise that's going to be screwed into my workbench. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about the bench vise, you know. Nice. You know, a truing yes. stand on the table and pegboard with many hooks to hang tools and uh, yeah. hooks, hooks screwed into the, uh, the floor joists of the, the floor above to hang wheels and oh, a line yeah. of hooks along the wall for bicycle you know just <laughs> just just go nuts trainer there's a you know there's going to be a, a tv and a trainer and a set of rollers in like a treadmill because uh you know one of us wants to get a treadmill <laughs> <laughs> one of us <laughs> one of us one of us <laughs> who knows maybe i'll run a 5k someday and surprise everyone uh, yeah though probably not because i ran did i ever tell you about the time that when i was in college and my bike got stolen for like a week no no well anyway uh long story short um <laughs> my bike got stolen and i was like well i still need to train because i was just planning to get started racing i was like i know i'll go running uh and i did one mm. three mile run and i i couldn't walk the next day I've I've had the occasional misfortune of running. It's difficult. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I think that we can probably put a pin in this. I, I feel like we're rambling a bit, but basically, it's exciting and and um, dealing with workspace is difficult in apartment life. Yeah, yeah, uh, and hopefully, it will become a lot less difficult, and I'll get to see a little bit of how the other half lives. I suppose, <laughs> and I'll let you know. Like I said, you can always move that squat rack down into my basement. <laughs> I'm coming over. I'm deadlifting <laughs> in your basement, Greg. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. This has been the Working Men's Honest Bicycle Program. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversation. We invite you to join us in that conversation. You can tweet to us at underscore honest bike program. No, you no, wait, no, it's, 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 it's at underscore WHBP. Oh, oh, you can, you can search for it in Twitter <laughs> by searching Honest Bike yes, Program. Yes, that will find it. That'll find it. You can email us at honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. And, uh, you can holler at us on Twitter. My name is Mattio. I am at underscore Mattio. And Greg is at Grolby. Yep, that's me. So feel free to holler at us. Uh, we have a good time doing this, and we hope you have a good time listening to it. And that's all we we really expect out of this whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Give us yeah. Give us a shout sometime. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Catch you next time.